0: I mean. whoa, 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 whoa. Y'all sound like a beginner's band. Shut Beginner. up, <laughs> I have a great idea. I'm gonna play 20 minutes of Let's Get Serious and end it. Jermaine, we want to keep the people in the that, place. Let's set that, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, myself, and Rex, and Tito need to just put this, the show down on paper. But if this is too much with the time frame, maybe we should think... Well, how about let's it? Let's pick it up from that, that horn part of all, that Lick Tito was playing right there. Wait, you only to hear nothing I said. No, we didn't. You've been out here for how many, three hours playing this? Or Jermaine thought it was ready because he's over there playing the bass and booming real loud, but he's not listening with open ears. I'm listening to everyone out there. And at this point, they're not ready. You all got to know, we take that personal. We're musicians.
1: Hey, y'all. Welcome 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 to another episode of the black jackson estate part Two, to our jermaine jackson saga um this is a journey with our favorite jackson uh we're just gonna do a quick check-in to see how everybody's doing since the last episode did you get any other feedback you wanted to share about the last episode
2: we have already gotten so much feedback, and we really appreciate you guys checking us out and letting us know what you think. Um, That's kind of, maybe the one of the best parts about doing the show is just hearing what you guys think about it, teaching us some things maybe we didn't know, filling in some gaps we may have missed, or if you feel that, hey, you know, we've gotten a lot of, so we also have our email, which, um, you know, we have a lot of people who send us messages they have a lot to say they want to say something about the the show we appreciate that too we read everything somebody's reading it and somebody's responding um because it's still fun for us and we appreciate you um checking us out but on our last episode we did get um some good feedback from people saying some stuff that i'm 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 glad this was this was all user 2 and 1.5 went the germane thing they really wanted to do this and i said okay whatever just send me the notes and um wow. I'm glad you didn't have to
1: tell them that you were so dismissive I was so <laughs> but, was, though, but she was
2: and you but know I'm honest so, about it we so. talked about babe. owning we talked about owning your own stuff in the last in part one so I'm glad she owned it thank you yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, we I, I appreciate folks on 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 Twitter. I'm I'm glad we did it because because of the comments we've gotten so far from from part one. So if you haven't listened to part one and you're skipping ahead to this one, go back, um, listen to that. You're gonna learn some things, especially if you don't know what a doobie rap is. And we and then come back over here. But from part one, we have folks saying things like Kathy said Kathy on Twitter, um, at Kathy E Gill. Um, she said, you know, Jermaine's got a beautiful voice and he's handsome. I'm going to listen to more of his music. You know, I'm glad you guys did this. You filled in the blanks. Um, we had a uh, user four for us, uh, Miss Pamela Price, who also commented on uh, the episode and how we were able to weave in parts of his life that uh, are not giving enough attention. He's s- certainly underrated and um, we'll, we'll see uh, we didn't cover some of the more controversial aspects of his life. We're, we're hitting that on this episode, but big shout out to the MJ fan for checking us out and making sure they're commenting, liking, sharing it with other people. People tell us, you know, hey, I listen to this on my way to work, or I listen to this when I'm doing that. Um, we've gotten, you know, people from places we've never been. We've um, And we've had people talk about how our show has really impacted them from places we we don't know anything about. And so that's what that common thread is what makes us all, um, family. And that's why we are one big MJ fam. So we appreciate it. Uh, keep listening, keep liking, share it with somebody, you know, um, and we've got more coming your way, but tonight it's all about Jermaine Jackson. We're, we're finishing out our two-parter about his career, his life, uh, woven in there as well. And so I'm excited for us to kind of get into the remaining, um, uh, the remaining information and uh really dissect uh the good the bad the ugly who's this episode sponsor so Alicia Williams this episode is for you we really appreciate your support here so man shout out thank you so much like we can't say thank you enough I don't like we should steal that clip of the Jackson saying thank you in the American dream because we thank you the next thing we're gonna do should I sing is it? one of the sing it songs one of our family we, teams, so I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> but let me just say this cuz this is for Alicia's for everyone else who has who was who has done this thing which I know is a thing. You went into your little account and said I support with my coin. I got to go to work every day. And for you to turn around and then bless what we're doing and support us in that way, that's such a big thing. I don't take that lightly. It really goes to support uh, keeping our podcast going, any equipment we need, any sort of services that we have to use that cost money so that we can make sure we're getting this out to you guys. But when you take your money that you work really hard for, then on those days you didn't want to go to work and you still went, I know that's some of that money in there too. So man, I appreciate it. I think we all can, we all appreciate it. And uh, so thank you and continue to do so. If you can, if you cannot, then just enjoy the show. And when you can, God's going to tell you about it. And you can go ahead and drop that in the collection plate.
1: Yeah, for the low, low cost of thirty-one ninety-eight, you can cover a whole episode of the Black Jackson Estate. Won't you?
2: Won't you give? <laughs> why you sound like
1: uh, <laughs> go visit us at www.paypal.me forward slash black jack follow us on our social media user one runs our tweets and is in these streets that's a blk jack estate you can find user 1.5 LaToya over at Raina LaToya and me user 2 at Ashley K Blue. And that's Ashley with an I no cap. Our Instagram is B-L-K Jack Estate. Same oh, as our Twitter. You are powerful in thank making you. that handle so much easier to find. Yeah. Thank your you. brain, your brain is so valuable. So Thank you so much. Thank you can you. you can catch all of us on the Instagram streets, but user 1.5 is really just taking our Instagram to the next level. So um, check us out mm-hmm. over there as well. So uh, last thing I'll mention, please, wherever you're streaming us right now, if you're not driving or cooking or possibly lifting something heavy, um, stop what you're doing. Leave us a comment right now on whatever app you're using to stream us or apple podcasts, um, SoundCloud, Overcast, Spotify. Leave a rating, leave a comment, let us know that you're listening, let us know any feedback you want to share about all the stuff we're about to get into. We definitely want to talk to y'all and we want to see your uh we want to see your feedback. And when you rate us, more people find us. So, bing bing bing. All right. This is it. Uh, It's time to get serious So user 1.5 Let's get serious I'm going to kick it over to you And let's get into Jermaine One more time
2: So we should insert Let's get serious right here <laughs> Yes Alright so let's it. get serious Part 2 Of the Jermaine Jackson Episode On My Brother's Keeper so let's get serious we ended the last episode talking about or just starting to talk about let's get serious before ashley had to go get some water and i had to go get a snack so let's get serious was released the album was released march 17th 1980 and it reached number six on the billboard album charts it was number one for five weeks on the Billboard R&B charts. And it's had it's had to, to date over 900,000 copies sold in the United States. Stevie Wonder was a producer on this album along with Jermaine. And the song, Let's Get Serious, is one of Jermaine's most known, I guess, is the best way to say it, most well-known tracks. So, users. Let's talk about Let's Get Serious. Let's talk about, first, the title track, Let's Get Serious. Go.
1: Wow. The power this has, the strength this has, the intelligence this has, um, the Stevie Wonder background vocals this has. There's a couple things about Let's Get Serious that make it serious. The first thing is the driving bass line. Jermaine Jackson is a what? Bass player. So he can come and slap that song out like nobody else can. If Stevie Wonder had kept that song, of course Stevie Wonder can play that bass part, but it don't hit the same because Stevie Wonder's not known to be a bass player. So that's that's Jermaine's ace in the hole with that song. It is um it's in the right key for him it is a up tempo which is something that he strives to do often and is very difficult for him so it's like a not up tempo maybe it's mid that's considered mid tempo
2: yeah it's got a nice little groove to it i wouldn't call it up to it's not like dynamite you know it's right it's you're got right a groove to it yeah
1: You're right. And I think that mid-tempo, sultry range is perfect for Jermaine, and then he can play his bass. And um, it's cool. When he sings the song and he's not playing bass, it's less exciting for me. And a lot of the 80s performances on live TV or recorded TV, that's what we got from Jermaine. Hate those. Hate those. Um, But I, I love that it has a radio version and an extended version because I'm gonna play the seven minute version every time. I don't this know song you. came out
2: this song here. came out in nineteen
1: eighty one. I thought it was nineteen eighty.
2: The album dropped in nineteen eighty. It was nominated for a Grammy in nineteen eighty one, but it came out in nineteen eighty, yeah. Got the song it. It came the out first, in nineteen eighty. It was the first single from the album. hmm. The song came out in nineteen eighty. Oh wow.
1: I wonder who else was nominated that year. Uh I can tell you
2: um so well, time out before let me get my piece on this because y'all really mm-hmm. went overboard with that it's a six out of ten okay uh, it's not a bad what? song It's not a bad song it's a good song uh-huh. but it is i'm not i could listen to want to be starting something back to back to back to back probably no lie i could probably listen to it five times before i got like okay that's enough and mind you the song is like six minutes long right five six minutes long i can listen to let's get serious twice and i need to really stop and i just want to talk about some other songs that came out in 1980 take your time do it right the sos band master blaster um don't say Goodnight" by the isley brothers never knew love like this before by stephanie mills shining star by the manhattans um i'm coming out diana ross lovely one also came out that year by with his brothers he was clearly Lovely
1: one could not see let's get
2: serious i said it i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna respond i just it doesn't make sense if you disagree um, at me i mean it doesn't make sense no, i'm um, sorry i'm sorry you said lovely one cannot see let's get serious i said that Mm. you said it with, with your whole chest too you Love TKO by Teddy Pendergrass 1980 mm. it's just not and if no, we're talking about powerhouse. that's a. I just named like a bunch of songs that are much better than Let's Get Serious Let's Get Serious <laughs> <laughs> let's get serious was definitely commercially successful but it is not one of the ones you throw out of the hat when people say dang 19 early 80s what's your track like if I'm, I'm gonna give you a list now pick the ones that just make you go "Ooh." when you when we get to let's get serious on the list we're not going Ooh, we're going all right <laughs> okay listen wow maybe, just wow. That,
1: maybe that's true
2: okay what's well, so i'm saying y'all bow, y'all went way too hard on it like are we still being honest or are we now just pumping them
1: We're being honest with a
2: twist. (laughs) Okay, I (laughs) I will say that let's get serious on the Billboard Soul chart, the R&B charts. In 1980, Jermaine did manage to beat out Michael's Rock With You. He hit number one and Michael was number two with Rock With You. So if we're going to call it what it is, we're going to have to put all the pieces out. And I think Rock With You, that's one of my like most favorite this is where the the charts are not always right because clearly if we let's just be honest and i mean the charts are not the numbers don't always reflect reality it's just like i go to court and sometimes the judge is wrong period okay i know that's what they said but actually that's wrong and I hope they appeal. That's why we got an appeal process. We need an appeal process on Billboard apparently too, because there's no no one, Rock With You is, people know all the words to that, right? People will throw that on their set before, uh, artist today, currently, when the DJ's playing stuff, will throw out that. So I mean, are we just being? I mean, if we're just being honest, it's not that great of a song. It's the best that he did. I, well, I'd it's one of the best that he did. Well, see, I don't think it's the best that he did. I think he it's, has other It's songs his that- commercially. It's his best
1: commercially. Yeah.
2: Commercially, it is his best. And so I want to give him his props for that. And he said he sung that song a million times so Stevie could get it like he like. He Stevie was like Ike, you know. Stevie Stevie was just trying to get him to sing it like he wrote it, and it was just not. He said, you know, I don't think I got it quite right. And I could kind of feel where that was coming from. Well, if you that's if a, you don't a... try to if you don't compare if you compare Let's Get Serious to Jermaine other Jermaine songs, right? I think you, you he, maybe it would come out a little higher in your rankings, um, but to compare it to Michael is not fair. Um, and to to compare it to, to Teddy Pendergrass is not fair. Um, Celebration I, cool in the Gang is 1982. But I understand what you're saying. Here's the thing though, with Leslie. Give Get Me so. the Night, the song that took nice. him down at the Grammys. Well, that's the one he lost to at the Grammys, but you know, Funky Town. The song was written for this time, the Steve. second time we around by Calamar, We got this it. Is, this is nowhere near the top 20 but songs of the 1990s. The song was written by Stevie for Stevie. Jermaine, because Barry Gordy wanted to give him a really good push into solo land, uh, begged Stevie to give that song to Jermaine, let Jermaine record that song, Jermaine, uh, Stevie Wonder was going to do that himself. Had he done it himself, we we all know that we would have been talking about a totally different um, charting musical experience. Um, and so, I mean, maybe we should just call it a gift. It is a gift Let's of get nepotism. Because... It is definitely a <laughs> gift of nepotism. If... Because... He wouldn't have done like like you said in the article in the in the show notes, uh Stevie wasn't extremely happy with the way Jermaine was singing it. That's why that's Stevie why he's was, on the track with, Yeah. yeah, the S-E-R-I-O-U-S. He said, but, You ain't gonna never get this part right. Let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> you never gonna get it right And I am ready to go. I ain't got no snacks, I ain't got no nothing. I, I gotta go Jermaine, home. Like 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 Ashley said, when Jermaine is not behind that base, I kinda look at him like, what you doing, bro? Why you where's your base? You know, because the music by itself is incredible. I love it. Yeah, like you could dance to that all night long. Once you add the vocals to it, it's not one of his strongest vocal performances. Like I like, don't take it personal. Uh, you know what I mean? Like there are so many other songs next to you that are much better. Vocal- if you could, okay, if you could put a list together of your top ten songs from 1980, does "Let's Get uh-huh. Serious" make the list? No. Okay. Well, yeah. No, we don't. No, we don't.
1: Can I advocate for Jermaine? You may. (laughs) Do a good job, Ashley. Do a good job. Okay. So, in Jermaine's biography about Michael, he talked about the Let's Get Serious experience. And he mentioned that Stevie kept yanking his chain until it was well after midnight and they were supposed to start recording at 8 o'clock. So, have you ever considered that Jermaine might have just been very tired? And then Stevie Wonder beat his ass.
2: Is this your argument? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Let me continue. Let me continue.
1: And then Stevie Wonder goes on to beat his ass in Several games of air hockey. So Jermaine gets a late session. He's got to play air hockey with Stevie Wonder and lose. He's got to deal with losing to a very much blonde Stevie Wonder. And then go sing this song that he did not write nor produce. And try to make it his own. I don't think it could have been any better than it is. Because... He, that was just a bad day for Jermaine. So the way the fact that we got Let's Get Serious out of it is kind of just a stroke of luck, considering the circumstances.
2: I rest my case. So I'm scrolling through this list that user one has now sent of the top songs of 1980. This, this Place Hotel is on it. And it, that really just <sighs> sunk it for me. Oh God, yeah listen okay
1: well here we go upside hey, down came out that year oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. i'm just saying another one bites the uh oh, but, but i'm but i'm
2: but uh, but let me uh, i'm just saying i just felt like y'all gave it a lot of gas and i was like oh i don't well, know about we're that. Trying to give uh, gas because this is a jermaine show listen well mm-hmm. says, you can't compare jermaine to anybody except for Jermaine, that's when this all makes sense. Now, if you yeah, try to compare it to like Diana Ross, Steve Wonder, Michael Jackson, uh, <laughs> Rod Stewart, you, you y'all, can't, the, you can't. Are, y'all are street and it's not street street street. fair. Y'all's and it's arms, not fair. Y'all it's arms got to be y'all arms. I got. I gotta be tired for all the reaching. It's We're gonna just, play just not fair. Serious, right? Mm-hmm. Now. I mean, I'm just saying it's a good song. It's just not something that I think when you think it when you look at at least me and we all love all genres of music and definitely the older stuff i'm it's just not one of the it's dated it sounds dated today it doesn't sound fresh if we put love tko right on right now Mm, 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 let mm. me tell you it has Mm, a mm, resonance mm. for 2021 so does michael jackson's rock with you that's why people keep sampling it and finding it Someone must have threw a darter to board and found Let's Get Serious in 2016 and threw it <laughs> threw it on some movie that I've never heard of on, in my life. You can probably watch it on but YouTube right now. You it's just not... Dirty. I'm just dragging him. I'm not wow. dragging him. I'm saying that it's not a song. It had its in its moment. It was great. It did not, end it, end, but it still was not in comparison to the other stuff happening okay, in that moment. but let's look at it like this. This is Jermaine's Jermaine. first big pop R&B single since leaving the Jacksons. Oh, it's huge, at, it's huge for him. And leaving the Jacksons, it's huge so for him. So, in if you look at it in that light, it was a big deal because think about it: you've got this huge group, the Jacksons, and 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 then they kind of to the outside world, now I wasn't here in 1980, so I don't know what the fans at the time were thinking, but I can imagine that they were probably thinking like, oh my God, Jermaine doesn't wanna be with his brothers, or oh my God, what's Jermaine gonna do without his brothers? And so to drop this, let's get serious, single, and it to be decent, you know, um, it's really good if you let it stand alone. Kudo, good for Jermaine. Kudos to Jermaine. Now, he didn't sing it away. Stevie wanted him to sing it. We all know that. Okay? And there are a lot of live performances where he's not behind that bass, and he, seem, and he, he seems a little uh, like a fish out of water. So almost uncomfortable to watch. But it's a good song for Jermaine to be by himself.
1: It's a good song for Jermaine. Boom. It's a good song for Jermaine. Mm-hmm.
2: It is. Now, and
1: I, 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 I want to be clear. It sounds like user one is
2: not a Jermaine fan. I'm going to be honest. It doesn't sound like she
1: likes him.
0: Uh, I
2: love Jermaine. I, I defend him when people want to take him and beat him in the back. But And y'all keep saying he won't sick. And I'm the only one saying he was definitely sick. Oh, he, he, was right. sick. he couldn't So, so come the one to time that her. you actually need to tell the truth, here you come. But Talking my thing is, I, I think Jermaine the thing is that sick. him... He Jermaine to me is a good example of someone who needs to be in a group to be his at his most successful. Probably when did come out? That's 1980, right? I think it's 1980 yeah. or 81. Right? Yeah, because yeah. that's lovely one and Displaced um, Hotel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's like he's trying to you know he's really trying to keep up and he definitely sees all this success happening after they left Motown and he's just, he's trying to keep up and he's trying to make his own, you know, put his, plant his feet in the ground. Let's get serious is a good song. It's just, I don't, I don't, I think Jermaine, like I said, works best inside of a group. And so his solo stuff always seems to be lacking something for me. Although it I can say like, oh, that's a good song. It always lacks an element. I like the stuff he's come out with more recently better than the stuff he came out with when in the eighties. Yep. <laughs> Relax. It, he's got some good singles and maybe it's because he doesn't have the, the pressure of saying like you're inside this label you need to produce. Well, and He's I think still got TV a really doesn't... good voice. And he, I mean, he's, he's had some good songs in the past five or 10 years. Well, and he doesn't have the pressure of competing with his brothers because that's what was happening once they left Motown. Now they are his competition, you know? Um, but 1981, Let's Get Serious was nominated for a Grammy. It was Jermaine's first Grammy nom as a solo artist. Best Male r and Performance is what it was nominated for. The other nominees in that category that year were Master Blaster Jammin' by Stevie Wonder, Never Given Up by Al Jarreau, One in a Million, I'm sorry, One in a Million You, by Larry Graham and George Benson's Give Me, Give Me the Night. And the winner of the Best Male R&B Performance of 1981 was George Benson's Give Me the Night. And amen to that. Rightfully so. It won. It's it was a great, that's a great song. song. It's a great song. It's a great video. Our fave Ola Ray plays the leading lady in that video. The video's fun. They dance and they got on people are in skates dancing. Anytime people are skating, this is the skating era though. But anytime people are skating to that's the music, it's a good time. Yeah. A good time. That's true. And so, like, he lost, but I mean, kudos to the, to the winner. So, I think, and that was his big opportunity. Because did he get nominated for any other Grammys after that? He was nominated. We'll get to it in the timeline. But yes, he was nominated with Michael for best R and B uh, duo. I believe it's yeah the, the on name his own category on his own um, on his own with, with, on his uh, own on his own. I said with Michael at the beginning. Okay, I said I'm, that. Not, I'm looking for solo. By oh, himself. oh solo, no, ma'am. Mm-mm. So this was it. This was really it this was really it Mm. and that was in 1981 but let's fast forward to 1983 because 1983 was a huge year for Jermaine and the rest of the Jackson family because we get Motown 25 and this was the first time that the Jackson 5 were on stage plus Randy in years since 1975 So I'm going to toss it over to user two because user two loves the Motown 25 series.
1: One of the fascinating parts about the Motown 25 experience is that most of the performers did a playback which is fine Um but for and most of them did songs that were exclusively Motown material and Michael kind of stuck out like a sore thumb he was the only person who asked if he could do new material and pulled it off and good for him he nailed it um, he killed it I think he did a great job. Jermaine talks about how shocked they were watching it from the wings. Michael mentions in Moonwalk that he choreographed all of the brothers routine and he really wanted to get it right. And he talked about simple touches to that show that he kept um, thinking up and, and sharing with his brothers. And he talked about how important it was in their live show to make sure Michael and Jermaine had a chance to embrace because the audience always seemed to love that. And it's right there. And every time after that, when you see them on stage, at some point they're gonna hold hands or they're gonna hug and share a microphone. Um, That was their thing. And he mentioned that he spent so much time making sure that that they got the brothers' performance right that he didn't actually choreograph the Billy Jean performance at all. He kind of just went out there and winged it. He had an idea of what he was going to do, but he didn't actually map out all the steps. And so in a lot of ways, what we're seeing is a loosely prepared freestyle. Um, but he put most of his energy into that performance with the brothers. And I think they did a good job. Um Jermaine didn't get to perform Let's Get Serious. I think that was a missed opportunity. Um, And you know what's funny? He didn't get a solo performance at all. Um, And I would have thought Jermaine would have advocated for that. I don't know why he didn't. Maybe he was just cool with reuniting with his brothers and knowing that that was going to be a big deal for them to see them all together on um, live television.
2: Or well, you like know, that I always think like maybe because my because Michael said, you know, he only agreed to do it if he could do Billy Jean, right? Because Michael was very forward thinking in that way. Did Jermaine not want to seem like, you know, the like oh my father-in-law's in the show and now I get a solo spot? Like he did was he trying to like make his brothers not think? that he wanted that solo spot, that he was just content being a part of the group again, because he really did miss an opportunity. He, he should have done something. Now let me say, the Motown 25 performance, for anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, there are on YouTube, you can watch it. Um, I'm sure there are DVDs or, you know, that you can purchase if you still have a DVD player, but you almost forget everything that happened before michael's performance the brothers performance was great the jacksons was great you know but then michael does this segue like oh you know it's always great performing with my brothers and i like the old songs but you know i really like the new songs and he goes into this to to the you know the, the, the fedora and the billy jean and and you forget literally everything that happened before that because his performance was so freaking awesome and it's almost a shame to every other superstar i mean the only other performance that i remember vividly was marvin Gaye performing performance going on
1: yeah and marvin Gaye said michael's performance fucked him up <laughs> um, because Marvin was in a, the same situation where he was now on a new label. That was Marvin Gaye's sexual healing era but he didn't want to ask Barry to let him sing his own material and he he really grappled with that for a while and he went on a drug binge because he really wanted to and he didn't want to ask Barry to do it um, but he settled with making sure he did a nice medley of uh, the popular stuff that he did on Motown but he really didn't want to do it and when he saw Michael do his new material and blow it out of the box he was so hurt because one he felt like Michael's performance made him look like a schmuck which is not true at all Um, but he felt like it was a missed opportunity for him as well and so I think about Michael i think about marvin and then i think about jermaine who is actively well by that point he's off of motown right when they do that performance that's 1983-ish right so maybe that's
2: why was marvin gay okay when did marvin Gaye die what year was it i think it was
1: 1983 or
2: 84 so was it so we're oh so we're at the, towards the end of his career at this point mm-hmm. but this is also like the rebirth of his career it's the rebirth of his career but he's not sexual, the hot really. new thing or whatever no more and sex that tour that if I'm not m- mistaken that last tour he did he was like getting naked on stage uh yeah, he was he, he was, was out. he was doing some things but I mean I say that to say this not to disparage him because drug abuse is a real thing and obviously we're talking about Michael God Jackson him, so, so was God, God bless his ass, Marvin But you're not the hot new thing. You know that. You don't even feel that you have the right to ask for X, Y, Z. And so you don't, even though you actually do. He should
1: have. Yeah,
2: I mean, but I mean, can you imagine what was going through his head? Like, Michael's coming or like Michael's on the, like, there's, but whatever, all that that was going on. And we also know he was, you know, on, you know, on drugs. I, I can see where he didn't ask. Jermaine. I can't see why he wouldn't insist on a little piece of something because he definitely should have asked. you know, Michael's on Epic and I get that getting the biggest star right now in the world, you give them what they want. Michael's going to get what he wants, but it's still your show. And you need to pump your artists right now, not just remembering the artists Thank you. successes from Thank you. years past. And so definitely I think a yeah, missed opportunity for to Jermaine to show his, to flex his own days. solo muscles, but,
0: I love those songs. Uh, those were magic moments with all my brothers, including Jermaine. But uh, you know, th- those were good songs. I I like those songs a lot, but especially, I like the new songs. I'm trying to figure out if
1: he left before Motown 25 recorded.
2: Cause if he's still on the label, I don't know. Well, so I do believe, honestly, I think he left 84, uh, 85, he did the Victory album. Um
1: You're right. He yeah, did the Victory album, which 84. was
2: on Epic, and that was an issue because the Victory album was not on Motown, but Jermaine appeared on the album with his, bro- and the tour, with his brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And that was an issue for Barry Gordy. I don't know Motown. why Jermaine had to get a check. Of course. <laughs> he wasn't wasn't he was not hitting it at motown but if i go on this tour um i'm going to make this coin they split it even stevens we talked about this before (laughs) there was no extra allowance for the man doing the lion's share of the work they split it even even though people were buying the tickets you know in large part for him and he was doing all the all the aerobics so, I mean, I'm just saying, Jermaine had to go get that check, and I don't blame him. If Barry Gordy don't like it, then you gotta deal with daddy later. You gotta deal with daddy and mom well, let later. Well, me, let me correct this. So, Jermaine left Motown in 1983 for Arista Records. The, oh, okay. the issue of the tour was that he was singing Motown songs. They sung a bunch of Motown on songs on the tour. On the tour. um, And he had just left for Arista, um... His first um his first record with Airstra was well he worked on the Victory album. Um and Dynamite was his first album with Aerister records. It was released on April 14th, 1984. Dynamite was terrible. It sounds like it oh, sounds like wow. a continuation of <laughs> Ashley it is sounds... so upset. <laughs> Dynamite <laughs> is <laughs> terrible. Uh that's one of them songs. You know how they. You know how a form of torture is to put the same song on and loop it. I feel like that that's is, not. It's not that bad. It's, I know no. It would work perfect in that scenario. No. That had a they couldn't give you something like you couldn't be in the torture chamber with something like Billie Jean because that's not actually helping to break you down.
1: I was really fascinated with the glow in the dark uh, <laughs> ambiance and how it how it glistened off of his. Again, because really, Jermaine had on a lot of baby oil and/or Vaseline. Like no joke, he was very slippery in that video.
2: And he also had like a a, I
1: think he had an ear feather or a hair feather
2: situation going on. Mm -hmm. It was fun. Was Was Jermaine still dripping? Was Jermaine still dripping at this time? Was Jermaine an innovative artist? Was Jermaine, do you think Jermaine was a creative artist?
1: Yes. No.
2: (laughs) But you know, I think look, I think, but no, I'm saying I think this is where we start to understand what's going on. <laughs> well, here we go. But listen, the Dynamite era for Jermaine, he was doing a lot, OK? As we've unpacked in previous podcasts, he released his albums really close together, OK? But the Dynamite era was, was it was a lot going on. So he released Dynamite in April of 1984. He releases Victory, the Victory album that he's on, July 2nd 1984 and then he goes on tour the victory tour in 1984 and it was a lot all happening at once so you've got Jermaine pumping his own new album on new new label You've got Jermaine on tour with his brothers pumping the Victory album, which we've already discussed in previous podcasts. And Thriller
1: is album. still charting. And
2: right, and Thriller is kicking everybody in the ass. My, Jermaine has so much going on. Dynamite was released. It was the second single on the Dynamite album to be released. It was his fourth top 20 uh, single, but it still only reached 15, number 15, on the Hot 100.
1: Um... Jermaine did five times as much work than Michael did. And Thriller was the best selling album.
2: (laughs) Right. And some of that, some of, I mean, it's very hard to say. I think Jermaine said at one point, like, any of us could have been in Michael's shoes. That's actually not true because luck does Uh, play a part. (laughs) no I don't. that's not convincing because luck is a thing right every like people think luck doesn't happen it definitely happens check out this whole thing happening with GameStop let me tell you this Jermaine's work side by side to someone like Mike not even just Michael there are other artists we could throw out here Stevie Wonder or whatever you can tell artists that have a real strong Pen and hand, and writing their music, whether it's lyrically or the actual composing of the music. Jermaine doesn't have that thread, it's other people feeding him. When you're constantly fed you don't have your own voice is not gonna like that's why let's get serious is a stevie wonder track and we can tell when he goes i'm like yeah, stevie came up with that stevie said it the to sound yeah. like i wrote it you're never gonna get it right so i'm gonna do it so we can go home yeah i gotta, I gotta go to sleep but you know you can tell when artists don't have they are artists in the very uh, traditional sense of There's a machine behind you Trying to use you to make some money And we're going to feed you the songs We're going to feed you the look We're going to feed you everything And the artists who go I am the everything I will tell you the songs I will write them myself Prince, you know, Michael um, You have to be over the top To move past that Whitney Houston could Because her voice was over the top so it didn't matter what you put in front of her. It sounded like she probably wrote it because of the way she could sing it and deliver. Jermaine didn't have that. Herein lies the problem because now we need to try and he's what happens when the attempt to do the commercial thing goes wrong. When you put a bunch of people in charge and say, give him a song, give him a look, give him a, a line, give him a storyline, give him and go. He needed to inject some of himself in it maybe. I don't, was he, Was Jermaine a writer? Did we get to that was not really dad? i mean no, on no, the no. he didn't he, he wasn't a writer he would produce tracks so he liked to be in the studio for the recording part he, he wasn't really big on writing even on the victory album uh all the brothers really contributed to the writing um uh the only song that jermaine had credit for was one more chance and he wrote that uh with that's randy. a good song that's a really, so, really really good song like that's a song that first of all randy just delivered um and i imagine it sounds like randy wrote it but you know well, how maybe jermaine did a little no little, if you little, if you add a little one, bit on the side if you contribute one word to a song you get credit exactly he did a little bit maybe so, he gave him a beat and well, i get songwriting credit i don't mean i'm just saying it sounds like randy wrote it that song sounds like randy wrote it from what we know about did. randy's writing
1: so in you are not alone He doesn't talk a ton about writing. He mostly be talking about the vibes, like Like how Stevie Wonder beat him on air hockey and then he went and sang that song. Like, he doesn't give us a ton of information about the songwriting process and he doesn't talk about it much, except um, he talked about Michael getting sick and this was an interesting part of the book and it segues into the word to the bad era which we're not quite there but we're on the way um jermaine talks about watching the news and seeing that michael jackson was admitted to the hospital you know he assumed he was staying in century city so he goes to the hospital and he finds michael And it turns out Michael had been suffering from really bad headaches after the Pepsi commercial where he suffered third-degree burns to his head. And so he's in the hospital, and this is the first time Jermaine mentions that Michael's uh, taking Demerol. And he stays the night with him in the hospital, and when he's leaving, Michael tells him, well, he tells Michael he's going to move to Atlanta to work with L.A. Reed and Babyface. Mm-hmm. And Michael tells him, make sure that you come up with your own melodies.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And he needed
2: to. He needed. I, I really, I really. And like, again, I think this goes back to my thesis statement. It was good advice. Jermaine works best inside of a group scenario. Okay. First of all, when Michael left and did his own thing, I think there was a paralysis inside the family. What are we going to do? Michael's truly done, right? But it didn't hit right away because the money was still good. But it should have hit right away so they could start planning what was next. Because the fan base was still there, especially in Black America, they could have toured without Michael. Now people would have wanted to see Michael, but the reality is Michael's not going to be here and they still could have drawn really large crowds. Instead, they were all off doing their own solo a- a- efforts in the 80s and we would have to take we could take two songs from this album, a song from this album, two from this one and make a good album. But individually, they're flops. Wow. And 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 I mean I'm talking about commercially. They're just flops individually but together if we would have took jermaine's track over here jackie's track over here marlon's track over here um randy's track over randy had the better of all of them but you know we could have made something but the truth is that they would have stayed together and maybe came out with an album in 1980 1988 seven eight, a little earlier than 89 because 89 we get to 2300 Jackson street and it's like you guys missed like five years where you should have probably been doing something together. I get the, the need to do something individually, but I don't, I don't know. I, I just kind of wonder what was the thought process of, you know, you have your own independence and that's why you want to do it. But also what was the thought process of the likelihood of mega success or success that could, um, at least give Michael a, a run for his money. It's not like you're gonna beat Michael, but you know, something that could really kind of, you know, challenge yep. that. I, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Tell me I'm not dreaming. Was the one and only time that Michael and Jermaine collaborated? Other on on a on a single uh, where it was just the two of them. What do you guys think about? That track. There was a lot of uh, controversy surrounding the release of it. Because Michael didn't want to be overexposed, he didn't want Tell Me I'm Not Dreaming" to be released as a single. And so it was released as a promo single as opposed to an official single, which is why it didn't chart for Billboard. Um, it was one of the songs that Jermaine says in his book that he does believe would have been an outright number one chart topping single had it been released as an actual single. So how do you, user one, I'm especially wanting to know, how do you rate or rank Tell Me I'm Not dreaming. in Jermaine's category of work? Best song he ever did as a solo artist. Best song he ever did as a solo artist. Michael came through on the track. It's a hit, he's right, it's a number one. And Michael Shady Boots Jackson (laughs) should have let that man live because this was his time to shine. Let's Get Serious is not anywhere near as good as Tell Me I'm Not Dreaming. If we're talking about Jermaine plus one, it's Jermaine plus Michael, not Jermaine plus Stevie. Much better song, definitely had, it had all the ingredients for a top, top track. And then, if Michael could have just gave him a couple of days to shoot a video, if you can give Paul McCartney time, now you know Michael won't finish shooting no video. Let me say this: you know he won't shoot no video. If you can give Paul McCartney time, you can make time for your brother. Sir Paul is not dramatic. For that That's damn say, 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 say. If we can do say, 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 say we can do. Tell me, I'm not dreaming. So don't talk to me about overexposure when you out here doing that and the track with uh, Barry Gordy's son and you all over this- Rockwell. Work. You on many Ripperton backgrounds and you over here doing this and that and 3rd Don't talk to me about no overexposure. Why you can't go give Jermaine some time? He also was writing songs for Latoya at this time. Right, and Diana, talking about muscles. Okay, so what's up? Why we can't just give Jermaine some time and let that let that song chart? Let that song chart. It's the best song that he I think he's done in his career. It's like it hits all the right. It hit, it checks all the boxes. It checks all the boxes. He doesn't sound forced. It sounds natural. It's a good groove. It's him and Michael together. So it's like, it's just I mean, yeah. Too bad, too sad. It's the best thing. And and I will say that Jermaine in his book does talk about this this track and he talks about um how you know he and Michael were listening in as the record companies were fighting it out as to whether this should be a single or not and that you know he really understood why it couldn't be a single um Michael didn't want to be overexposed. And honestly, that was one of those times in the book when I was reading where I was like, that's bull. That's bullshit. You were pissed off because Michael did not fight for this to be a single because like like user one said, this is probably the best thing to come out of Jermaine Jackson ever. And for it to not have been a single, but nominated for a Grammy is is really tragic it really is tragic because this was yeah this was his fighting chance to to hit the top of everything
1: i love the story that jermaine tells about them recording the song and how michael walks in and the first thing he says is am i singing on this or am i just doing background?"
2: Right, Michael didn't Mm -hmm. know what the hell
1: he was supposed to be doing. Michael walked in and was like, am I doing lead? Are we alternating? What's happening? What are we doing? And the way Jermaine said, uh, it's a duet. And Michael's like, oh, okay. And I caught a little bit of shade there. I'm just like, yo, if if that's the first thing that he said, there's some shade there, babe. Am I singing on this or am I just doing the background?
2: Why couldn't he? I don't, I just... I'm glad he went to help his brother. That's like so important that he went to help his brother out. So I'm a hundred percent for that, but I'm just like, why did it have to become this very political situation? Why couldn't it have just been a hundred percent? I got you what you need from me. Boom, boom, boom. Because mind you, I don't know if Jermaine had asked for anything. I don't know if Jermaine had asked for anything prior to this. Yeah. But oh, right. Michael had said no, so he didn't get it. So now's the, now's the time you're going to actually give him something. So go all out. Don't try to now put roadblocks Jermaine
1: up in the is, way.
2: Jermaine is constantly
1: asking Michael <laughs> or telling Michael something.
2: Like, he
1: talks about how this guy was writing a movie and he thought Michael would have the leading role. And he's like, I kept calling him, but he wouldn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. i told the guy tell
2: michael and i kept telling
1: michael michael doesn't an answer
2: why are you passing oh that was word to the bad time when that michael was, was working with bad. baby face and yeah so that's why he didn't answer now we know why now we know
1: why we'll get to it but your <laughs> remain throughout this book until michael's dying day is constantly talking about hey michael i got this thing for you in saudi arabia i got this thing for you in Bahrain, I got this thing I got a, I got a rant.
2: A yeah, rant? I mean, but I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, it has to be something for you. I, I don't know. I, I wish that this would have just been allowed to have, to to reach its full potential. Yeah, I <laughs> We don't need to go all the way out, I mean just don't put roadblocks up in the way you don't gotta do nothing special Michael just allow this man to do his thing. and like I said. If you can give Paul McCartney a whole video for say 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 a track that I don't listen to even by accident. yeah I don't like it, you can give Jermaine a couple of minutes for tell me i'm not dreaming. Do I
1: ever okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about that clip that I recently cut of say 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 when uh <laughs> I did it when they uh stormed the Capitol. It was really inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh God, Jermaine It's one of those come on now. He could have done he could I think I think we could have done a little more for Jermaine. That's all well, I'm saying. You know, Jermaine's got a
1: family now. He's got a mistress or more. What's all
2: that got to do with, oh, Michael, no. being yeah. to do to with Michael being on the track? What's oh, any of that got to do with Michael being on the track?
1: I'm just saying he had a lot up against him at that point and Michael kind of just gave him one more L. Um, it was unfair. But I do love the Dynamite cover. I think it's one of Jermaine's best covers. It's in the backyard in Havenhurst. And he has on this very fun Purple, green and black. it's like the rainbow fish kind of a vest slash I don't know. it's like a some some type of royal garb that Jackson Brothers yeah, wear.
2: That's a very, very Jackson festive. jacket. It's mm-hmm. very
1: Jackson it's very
2: <laughs> yeah. this
1: very Jackson jacket is a perfect summary.
2: Next to a bust, no less. Mm-hmm. of who? We don't know, but it's in Catherine's backyard. But it's in the backyard. So why not? So why not? So going forward in the timeline, we've got that was in 1985. He was nominated, lost his second nomination for a Grammy for Tell Me I'm Not Dreaming. And then we roll on to 1986. So in 1986, Jermaine Jackson releases his Precious Moments album and he embarks on his very first solo tour throughout the United States and Canada. He had 23 dates and the tour was from March until September of 1986. Now 1986 was a wonderful year because that is the year that User 1.5 was born, but the tour wasn't that wonderful. So his set list was uh short and sweet. He opened with Tell Me I'm Not Dreaming, uh Without Michael I'm 99.999% That's a rough Sure start,
1: Jermaine.
2: And, right. I mean, he started really ambitious. Uh and his second uh track was Come Come to Me, One Way or Another. Uh then he does I'll Be There and a J5 medley. We all know that medley. Uh ABC um, y'all help me. I want you back. Stop the love you say. Um, I'll be there. Oh, you already said I'll be he, there. Yeah, he did I'll be there as his own standalone, oh, um, which was very he ambitious as well. A, his
1: verse,
2: no, ma'am. He
1: he sang, <laughs> he the, sang the entire whole song.
2: Yeah, he that was again very ambitious for his Ooh. first solo tour. Um, and then he he goes to feeling free. Let's Get Serious, Do What You Do, which is actually one of my favorite Jermaine Jackson songs, Daddy's Home,
1: and I Think It's Love. Hey, so have you heard him sing
2: I'll Be There All on His Own? I'm sure he did it at his Vegas shows as well. Don't we have video of that? I would like to hear that. I I don't want to hear that. (laughs) Okay, so you saw how
1: Episode 16 kicked off with <laughs> that live performance that you mm-hmm. shared with us, user one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What
2: song um, was that? Can you feel it? Was that Can You Feel It? I don't remember. It was Want to Be Starting Something. And he okay. what First of all... Can he I pinned say, it down what jermaine, do you want to say he pinned it down okay he pinned jermaine it down. is bound and damn determined to to do 100 live performances on songs that he was never on he does can you feel it in in that in like one of his shows like you weren't even on that track you like seriously i love well, jermaine's tenacity and work ethic it's just top tier lovely one he's doing Ooh. lovely one you weren't even on that album so question
0: you... the yes. set list
1: that we saw mm-hmm. in morganton north carolina in 2019 a show in which jermaine did not attend and they explicitly said before the curtain went up that jermaine was sick do you think that jermaine was the one who put why you want to trip on me in the set list because it's the way that song jumped out, I feel like that was a Jermaine thing and he wasn't there to deliver. Did and they so do Jackie that song?
2: Yeah. I don't even remember. I was just so excited to see them. I don't even remember what, what all they sang. It came they out said, of nowhere. Why you want to trip on me? Yes. Oh, that was ambitious. It came out of nowhere. Oh, and, and Jackie led that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, was, that, that sounds video. like a... Yeah, that sounds like a Jermaine suggestion.
1: He wasn't there to deliver it, but yeah, I just wonder why Jermaine. But would he have
2: delivered it if he were
1: there?
2: Here's why I don't think that's what happened. They are very quick to cut each other out and off. If Jermaine doesn't show, <laughs> one, they, they swap out easily. Just cut that one from the set. Yeah. We're gonna go. We're gonna move on to this or that. We're gonna let Marlon yeah. do. Marlon, what else did you say you wanted to do? You wanted to do. Um, And Uh, I'm sure they have two sets one for when Jermaine actually shows up and one for when he doesn't. So,
1: is let's get serious in that playlist if he's there?
2: No, they didn't even want to, they didn't even want him to do it in, um, uh, 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 on the the 30th anniversary. Yeah, 30th anniversary. And the 30th anniversary, remember, he said, No, 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 Jermaine, that's your thing, but yo. Why did Michael really have to leave the whole stage for it He was tired. He was working. That man was working. Have you seen that show? He the bounced. Was out he said, "Jermaine, it's you. your turn right now. You are the break." People went to the bathroom. <laughs> <It's your time. laughs> it was intermission. Poor, you no, were, Jermaine should have been intermission. No, I mean, he so was. Wrong. Yeah, like you know, Jermaine hit it. Do it. Do your thing. <laughs> do you right now? This is your <laughs> chance to sell some some vinyls in the after the show somebody heard tell me i'm not dreaming at the Victory tour and said i'm going to go buy that album they did and then they bought the whole album for that one song i did hmm i bought that's that when that the, that's album. when the record companies were really scamming we bought the whole album <laughs> now i literally can, bought the entire album now we don't buy nothing but if song. we do we can just buy the single we can just buy the one we like you know don't you know, got about a whole day. So 1988, uh, Jermaine um, and Hazel unfortunately call their, what, 10 plus year marriage quits. And he embarks on an Australian tour. He does 16 shows in, in um, across Australia, in Melbourne, Gold Coast, Sydney, Brisbane. And they were not as successful as uh, his uh, his Precious Moments tour, but fast forward to 1989, and this is a really pivotal moment just in his personal life. This is when uh, Jermaine Jackson goes to Bahrain, and he kind of talks about it in his book. He talks about it in in a really beautiful way, going to Bahrain, uh, which is a um, an Islamic country, and seeing the people, meeting the people there, and seeing the people there, and seeing how. How beautiful they were and how nice they were and how devout they were. And he actually ends up converting to Islam. In 1989, while on his trip to Bahrain. He went to Bahrain, I think, to get his mind together because he had just uh, divorced Hazel. Or she divorced him. And uh, I think he really needed to get his life together. Um, But his conversion to Islam really guides the rest of his faith and a lot of his life going forward. He converted to Islam and then did Word to the Bad. Oh, geez, we're getting there. He did. He I'm did. just trying to get my order right because sometimes we backslide and it just feels like a- <laughs> he converted <laughs> to Islam in 1989. Ooh, I know Islam don't teach that. <laughs>
0: Nineteen
2: ninety one. Islam teaches better than that. Islam teaches better than that. We need to insert uh, uh, like a word to the bad. Okay, nineteen ninety one. This is literally where we all have been waiting to get. Okay, since we started this podcast. Word to the bad is in nineteen ninety one. It is a single from the You Said album. It features uh, TLC, uh, namely uh, t boss from TLC, and it is released on (laughs) Lipface. was released, as everybody in the Michael Jackson fan community knows, Word to the Bad was released uh, around the same time that Michael Jackson's Black or White uh, single was released. This is his most controversial song. Um, There were two versions released. (laughs) The original lyrics were very clearly or seemed to allude to his brother Michael And his changing skin tone, his distance from his family, et cetera, et cetera. And the official album version, the lyrics basically are talking about, you know, a girl who has done this guy wrong and, you know, he's telling her, you know, I don't really need you. Um, I'm just going to let y'all go ahead with words to the back because really, what can you say about it? I will say this though. Word to the Bad would have been a decent track had it not been released, really, had he not recorded the first version, the one that we heard about Michael. It's actually not a bad song. It's not an awful song. It's not his best song, but it's not awful. Um, he really shot himself in the foot. Oh. Uh, when they started talking about mj but i'm gonna let y'all go i'm gonna let y'all talk about it. i know user one wants to talk about words of bad real bad and, and user two as well so y'all go ahead user two you have been reconstructed abducted don't know who you are <laughs> think they love you they don't know you lonely superstar mm-hmm. so The abducted part. It's the abducted part for me. Yeah. Okay. 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 They said Michael was an alien. That's so low because he knew that he had already said that about Michael.
1: It's the they for me because when you decompress this situation at the end of the day, this is a song Babyface and L.A. Reid wrote about Michael Jackson out of anger. Because he wasted their time in L.A. And Jermaine, who had just moved to Atlanta to record with L.A. and Babyface, was sitting there for three months with no producers and nothing to do because he doesn't create his music. He comes in, he listens to the lyrics, he listens to it, he listens to the music, and he decides whether or not he wants it. And Michael wasn't in a creative process with Babyface and L.A. Reid in the way they thought they were going to be. And everybody just ended up wasting their time. So Jermaine recorded that song and he shouldn't have. But let's not forget, Babyface and L.A. Reid wrote that shit because they were tight with Michael. And nobody ever talks about that. Nobody says nothing
2: about that. Why were they tight with Michael? because they they dropped, they basically dropped Jermaine in LA, left Jermaine's ass in LA, LA all by himself with Margaret and them kids um, to go work with Michael in in LA. And Michael didn't use any of their music. He didn't use any, I think this on the Escape album, they use a couple of their songs on that, but Michael never finished any of the projects um that he did with them. I don't think he was vibing much. So LA Reed said that who wrote it? Okay, I mean, so LA Reed says that that they get back from LA and they talk to Jermaine, because Jermaine in his his own book admits that he was livid, that he was pissed off, that he had just talked about Michael, like user two alluded to this conversation earlier. He had just talked to Michael when they were in the hospital about how he's gonna work with LA and Babyface and he was really excited. Well, next thing he knows, he's in Atlanta to work with them and they're not in Atlanta, they're in LA working with Michael. And he's pissed off because he's like, Michael knew I was gonna work with them, why is he taking my producers? So when they get back and they finally speak with Jermaine, when L.A. and and Babyface finally speak with Jermaine, Jermaine says, according to L.A. Reid, Jermaine says, I want to write a song about Michael. I want to do a song about my brother because he says, and I quote, I want to make a song about my brother. I want to talk about how he's treated me through the years, like how every time I find producers like you guys, he takes my producers who Who doesn't care about anybody but himself. Okay, but who wrote it? la and kenny everybody's in agreement that that's who wrote it la reed
1: Babyface, daryl simmons jermaine jackson left eye
2: okay that's what mm-hmm. i'm saying so now what i'm saying starts to make more sense right the part there are parts because there are overlap we know that these lyrics overlap from the the official version and the Michael version. So that's where you get this crossover. But then there are some pieces that are very personal. And it sounds like you can't write that unless you are... It's personal. And this is business for these guys. That's why they dropped Jermaine. Who the because hell Daryl Simmons guy? I don't know. I'm just saying it just seems like Jermaine wrote those middle lyrics that are specific to Michael and the rest was already written. And it's just... And so therefore they are they are they are given that they did right that, but mm-hmm. i think jermaine wrote, once you were made you changed your shade was your color wrong couldn't turn back it's a known fact you were too far gone that's so personal i can't imagine that they needed to do that simply because michael said hey i don't want to work with you guys right now because michael clearly went back And did a lot of work with Babyface. And this is business. So you're not going to burn no bridge. And definitely not with the biggest star out there. If Michael felt that they had done this to him, that Babyface wrote those lyrics, there's not one song he would have worked with Babyface with after that, probably. Because Michael would dead you quick. Well, we know he ended up
1: working with him.
2: That's what I'm saying. So I don't well, it must think have he dog under
1: the bridge. Well, I don't
2: think he thought he wrote those pieces that were specific to being attacked by Michael because also now when we when we cross what Jermaine's ex-wife talks about in her book about this song, it starts to sound like this is 100% Jermaine. He inserted these pieces knowing it would hurt Michael to get his attention. These are his parts and I'm not saying that the, everybody else didn't stand back and go, "Hey, if you want to do this this how you do it you know but i think it was him as far as these lyrics that uh, he's not a writer but these are quite simple lyrics once okay. you were made <laughs> you changed your shade uh which <laughs> i'm not i mean he can <laughs> not <knock> the <laughs> Seuss his way through this thing i'm sure and he Y'all,
0: did I, <laughs> I think-
1: so daryl simmons worked with babyface and la reed Here's what's wild for me. Daryl Simmons is working alongside babyface in LA Reed. Y'all convinced Jermaine to move to Atlanta. Oh, at their
2: part. He's a part of the dealy. He's
1: a part of it. hmm So you convinced Jermaine to move to Atlanta. Daryl's ass could have stayed behind with Jermaine. At least like somebody could have stayed. Somebody could have stayed behind for Jermaine. Why, is, this is why the part would you do that
2: though? Why would you do that?
1: This is why would you do that,
2: Ashley? Okay, I get it. When you can work. work with Michael, right?
1: When you can work with Michael Jackson. It's business. He, it's it's business. business. I get it. Because this is... it. Look at Daryl's biography, and it says... He co-wrote
2: End of the Road.
1: Yeah, he's got it. Boys hits. to Men, yeah. And he gets to say, because of this experience, the trio also worked with Michael Jackson on his Dangerous album. Although the trio's songs didn't make it into the album's final cut, Simmons enjoyed working with Jackson and deems it an amazing experience how can you say that but you wrote word to the bad bro okay that's so
2: what I'm make- saying so, so, that's okay, what I'm so, saying we need to like again one word gets you credit as a writer Yeah. So again, these songs overlap lyrics Some of the same A lot of the same refrains and lyrics That are on the clean version of Word to the Bad Are on the next version So those same people are going to get credit On the next version as well The difference in those two versions is one name Jermaine Jackson Which makes me go He added the nasty pieces And now he's a songwriter on it The second version Well, let me let me read you guys from Jermaine's book, what he says about... Don't Word that make bad. sense to y'all? Okay, so he says something about Michael's reliance on Bruce. Uh, he's talking about Bruce uh, Sweetie. Uh, Didn't go down well with L.A. Reid or Babyface, uh, nor did they appreciate the fact that Michael wasn't going to continue with any of their songs. That, I think, was the real slap in the face. That, that was obvious when during a phone call, they shared a hook from a song they had already written for me called Word to the Bad. Um, and then they t- he re- does the hook. It ain't about your world. It ain't about the things you do. If you don't care, I don't care. You, I, you keep thinking about you. You ain't taking all of my pie. You've been taking for a long time. Okay. Then he says, it's one thing to write vocals, quite another to release them as a single. When I arrived at the studio to start work, I was presented with the finished song, and L.A. Reed and Babyface had come up with one particular verse that went like this reconstructed then abducted don't know who you are once you were made you changed your shade was your color wrong it was a clear dig at michael and i knew it i didn't agree with them but i did agree with the angry tone i was mad he's lying anytime people, (laughs) i'm okay i'm an attorney i'm gonna tell you when you need to expound too far something's not right the truth is always very simple. It might be complex, but it's actually pretty simple when you distill it down. It's about Michael. I didn't agree, but I agree with the angry tone. There's some lies in here, honey. Because if you didn't agree, you would have said, I'm not singing that. So, and again, I mean, I'm just not, that's not convinced. That is not a convincing telling of why you did what you did. And the idea that you at 50 years old at the time he wrote this book needs to shift blame to other men. Grow up. You like own that part of your life. I was mad at my brother and I said some foul shit well I mean he says that take it back and I did it for these reasons I mean I got nasty with it and knew it was he says that closer to the event I mean everybody's memory gets gets cloudy no you don't not remember doing this nasty
1: like that bro it's
2: nasty just like say it like say I was (laughs) so angry I needed to do something that would hurt Michael that I felt were and it crushed Michael when he did that, and Michael said, Jermaine, it'll hurt, and even in that moment, you have other people saying, Michael was saying, Jermaine, is going to hurt you, not me, Michael's still selflessly, in this point, selflessly thinking, like, it's going to hurt your career more than mine, my fans are not going to care about this, they're actually going to really hate you after this, you know, but I I just, first of all, you, like I said, you're a grown-ass man, do not shift blame, take the responsibility for what you did, and if you don't want to talk about it, then just don't. But at the point that you're going to talk about it, let's get to the real. I don't believe Jermaine had nothing to do with it. I might have been born at night. Well, Jermaine said. It won't last night. What did Judy said say? What did what what Judy say when people be lying to her? He's. <laughs> she says a lot of things she says if you tell the truth you don't have to have a good memory you don't uh, have to have a good memory you know the the thing is neat. jermaine yeah. back in 1991 i think I, I attached it with the show notes it's a people a magazine article i believe where he talks about you know oh well michael didn't talk to me for six months i months, had to do years, something whatever, to get his attention and i was trying to get his attention that's what he that said that is okay. the closest thing All to, right. to mm-hmm. on. I think that we're going to get from Jermaine because looking back, he's probably embarrassed. He's definitely ashamed. You know, he talks about the moment he heard it on the radio and I think that he thought that he was going to get a better reception than what he got. He didn't quite realize I I don't know how he didn't realize what Michael's stardom looked like at that point. I mean, Michael's was on the Dangerous album and he had just released Black or White. So I don't know what the hell he thought was going to happen, but it clearly didn't go down the way he thought it was going to go down. My thing is this, even if, and I don't believe that he didn't write parts of it. I think he Dr. Seussed his way through part, the nasty part, those, those, that's his voice. Sounds like him. One, two, one fish, two fish, blue fish, green fish. He did it <laughs> through those parts that were very nasty and personal la and babyface could not write it. it is too nasty and personal they don't care you know they like my they're probably fans you know and from the and it's a it's a business proposition you worked with michael it didn't work and we all know how songwriters and how songs work just because it doesn't work today doesn't mean michael might not pick it up for the next album and throw it up there why would you burn that bridge you wouldn't but let me tell you what you would do you might be a little salty about it but then you hand you might put some seeds in Jermaine's ear like bro you could go this direction with this because I always imagine I mean but my thing is this even if you want to say they wrote it let's say they wrote it It doesn't matter. Jermaine has to be responsible for what he did, which was he chose to sing it. He chose he knowing that it was he was clear, clearly with knowledge that this was about Michael and he chose to do it. And he did it because he was angry and he was hurt and he was mad and he wanted to hurt him. We can take away who said what, who did what. And that's what I don't like about that part of his book that y'all read. Let's not bring all these other men inside. You are a man Stand on your own two feet. What did Well, you... I mean, he said that he was angry. He said that he knew that mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. about Michael and he shouldn't have done it. Here's the thing about Jermaine that I don't think he maybe understood. And I don't know if, I don't know what his issues are. Or We know what his issues are, but I don't know why he didn't understand this. It doesn't matter who wrote it, okay? Bobby, usually three could have written it, okay? But because Jermaine was singing it, people are going to automatically assume that these are your words coming from your heart. So let's let's like like Josh Judy says, I'm gonna give you, let's say that I believe you. You didn't write a word of this. Okay. And you thought that it was going to be deleted after you recorded it. Because he says that as well. Oh, I thought they were just going to delete it. Okay. So we wasting money. That's what he said. And everything to delete it. Come on. He thought that they were just going to delete it. Let's let's give him let's Mm -hmm. give him those points. You are singing it. Which means, you know, a lot of people could care less about who the writers. They assume that a lot of artists are the writers of their own tracks. So the assumption was always going to be there that Jermaine Jackson wrote this song about his brother. And what better media spotlight to put on Jermaine than he's beefing with his very famous, very successful younger brother, Michael. This has to be the most disgusting display of a pissing contest and sibling rivalry and jealousy in music history. And maybe I'm wrong. If anybody's listening and they can think of something more disgusting than writing a song like this or releasing a song like this about your sibling, please shoot it to me because I haven't seen it yet. But it could be out there. But this is pretty disgusting. You know what's crazier? this was way
1: before East Coast, West Coast beef. Way before. So, the way that this song kind of dropped as a bootleg and then spread like wildfire in big media markets is kind of crazy. And why, like, what part of the atmosphere made Jermaine think? And you know what's wild this is in he's in the very beginning of his journey with islam and he keeps talking about um his favorite tenants and this wisdom that he's trying to soak up and how he wanted to share that with michael but michael will talk to him about it but he wasn't really following up with him and whatever how in this very <laughs> devout moment in his
2: religious discovery, does he end up doing like the devil so, got in there over? Like that is listen that is I,
1: crazy shit right there. There's there's such
2: a like like I said, there's a difference between talking shit about your sibling <clears throat> inside the compound at the house, at the house, but you do not. Give other people a free license to do it by you leading the charge publicly. Well, here's the thing with Word to the Bad I don't, think anybody, involved, I be, I don't think anybody involved is going to say, Yeah, I wrote it. Why yeah, not? That and Mike, why but, not at this point? And I'm gonna tell you why because you see the passion that. We're given the energy we're given, and we're not even like I love MJ fans. I really do. We're not even the crazy fans. Okay. Like we're normal. You see that, like you're never going to, and Jermaine says it multiple times in his book. Oh, well, a lot of my brother's fans are still just going to judge me for that one mistake that I made or that one, but we forgave each other. He forgave me. We talked about it and we were cool. You know, I don't think anybody's ever gonna cause even LA Reed in his book, and I and I put the excerpt in the um, show notes, even LA Reed deflects from them writing it and basically like, well, it was Jermaine's idea nobody's taking ownership of this song. This song went so wrong. That's far why we're going to talk to Kenny because Kenny's the only one who's not weighed in and it's time for him to say his piece and not to cause controversy, but to just clear up the uh, question marks in the air. There's a lot of question marks and yeah. we just need the answers. I and I totally, like, you know, question. here's the thing. When, when you do something wrong, and I think we all feel the same way. When you fuck something up, just say, listen, I messed up. You know, I can respect that more than being like, I don't
0: know what happened.
2: I don't know. I didn't do it. I, it wasn't me. I mean, I did it, but it wasn't me because I wasn't really there because I was over here. But then she made me do it. You know what I mean? Like, just say, I did, I own it. I did it. Say it with you chest. And says. I'm sorry that I did it. Say and it what you And I didn't mean says. to do it. And I truly believe that Jermaine is sorry that he did it because the way he talks about Michael, not just in his book, but what the way he talks about him in interviews and all of the time. We're going to fast forward from 2001, the 30th anniversary show, the next time we see Jermaine in public really out front is in 2005 for Michael Jackson's molestation trial. Now, this was a hard time for Michael, as we all know. Uh, Jermaine in his book really talks about how difficult it was for the family as well um, and how really scared they all really were. They didn't really know what was going to happen, but they all believed in his innocence, as we all know now. He was found not guilty. But Jermaine Jackson was the one who set up his security detail with the Nation of Islam. And Jermaine Jackson was there for most of the days of the trial with his brother in, was it Santa Barbara? Was that where the court the court um yeah, there was the like trial that Santa was Barber. in Santa Barbara? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was there most days for that as well. And Jermaine really showed up in a big way for his brother during this period.
0: This was nothing but a modern day lynching, and I'm speaking to just people but mainly African Americans. They can do what they did, what they tried to do to my brother. They can do it to anyone. Tell me about the decision the family's decision to say, we're all coming together and this is what we're gonna do for Michael. Well, I'll tell you, it happened when they first handcuffed him because handcuffing Michael was like handcuffing all of us and handcuffing the black community as far as I'm concerned because Mm -hmm. this was all done on purpose to dethrone every success of any black, whether it's in sports, theatrical, uh, whatever, Mm -hmm. to try to dethrone what they've achieved and, and uh, but how we came together was because you're messing with him, you're messing with us. Walking Michael Jackson to a courtroom to hear a verdict of all these counts mm-hmm. that were thrown at him, it's like walking him to the electric chair, I felt. Wow. And he walked in there, he stood up.
1: I think this is where Jermaine fully tapped into his Ba-ba-ba-ba, big brother era and he was constantly pitching something to michael and around this time michael was to a certain extent living off of certain people's generosity and if jermaine's teeing up uh what appears to be some free living expenses in x city for x amount of days why not pop over there and see what the fuck is going on you got time now you know you're not on the dangerous tour that's for sure so i think this era of um jermaine in michael's life is very much like superhero trying to provide things for michael that he may have needed Um, I think Randy filled in a lot in that space as well but that's pretty much what the book weaves in and out of business dealings that Jermaine's got going on and things that he's constantly pitching to Michael and it really ramps up around this time and we briefly talked about this uh, prepping for this episode user one and I about Jermaine saying he had an exit plan and actually, I put this, user 1.5, when I, I shared this video of um, Jermaine doing an interview with Snoop Dogg, did you watch it? I did. And you saw where Jermaine was talking about, he had an escape plan for Michael? hmm
0: What was so strange, though, is it's like, we're in court during that trial, that last uh, false allegations of child molestation against my brother. And I wrote in this book that I didn't feel that my brother was going to get a fair trial. So I had a plan to get him out of the country. Out of the country. Hello. Out of the country. The country. I, if help, it wasn't excuse me, real nigga moment. Here, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, So, so, so no, be, because I felt that first of all, child services had cleared him on everything. Why was there a trial? Why was there even a trial? They had cleared him on everything. Child services is first step yeah, to right, the case, right? So if they clear you, there's no case. Right, and that's what they were accusing him of. It was more than that. They were trying to break him down and shame him and this and that. And 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 so I had arranged to have a plane that was there. I ain't going to say Saudi where. Saudi Arabia or yeah, something. You know, somewhere where they love where us. That's where it was. Where they love that's us. Where, we were where y'all Americans, ain't nothing happening. We yes. over here. Yeah. And and uh, so what I did was I prayed and I trusted Allah to really give him a fair trial and I saw things were going right. But what happened was we were never as a whole family allowed in the courthouse. Mm. You only bits saw bits pieces, I seen that. Six seats because they did not want to show the strength They're of loved. the family there all the time. So I wrote this book to let them know who he was and who this family is. is and I got the first copy of the dun- book. This is for you. I I present this to you on behalf of the, the family and Michael, who he was. We love you. And I love y'all. He loved you. Like, what did he really
2: think he was going to do? <laughs> he was going to whisk him <laughs> out of there. He was going to fly the hell out. That's what he was going to do.
1: And you know Jermaine actually planned a certain amount of those logistics, so it just goes to show the extremes that he would go to make himself useful for his brother um i think this era of their relationship you found yourself in good standing with michael if you can provide him things that's pretty much how everybody Mm -hmm. around him was functioning and i'm sure there's a couple exceptions to that but jermaine is one of those folks who's constantly providing resources and michael's deciding whether or not to take them like popping back over the word to the bad one of the reasons Jermaine is so mad at michael's because he was pitching him this movie and he told some guy hey i'll tell michael and the message never got to michael and so Jermaine says it's just like that movie i was trying to tell you about and michael says what fucking movie bro i don't even know what you're talking about And it's because there was a communication gap and Michael gets to a point in his life where he needs to close that gap because he had let too many random people in. And so it gets to a point where you got to repair your relationship with Jermaine enough to trust him and you know he didn't trust him before. Word to the bad. At that point, what, it's only been 10 years? 10, 12 13 ish years. So, I mean, you forgive, but you can't forget. So, I don't know. I think their relationship's really funny around that time. But Jermaine obviously is very loyal to his brother Michael at this point.
2: But what's interesting is the idea that around this time we have a trial happening. We have Jermaine discussing it in his book. But user two and I were talking about today the individuals who were relaying Michael's now defiance being defeated I will not repeat this behavior I know I cannot repeat this behavior it was Jesse Jackson why isn't Jermaine's book and his in in this in this instance is he not saying yeah I had this conversation with my brother we talked about how this couldn't happen again and how he had to do things a little differently what we get is a doubling down of he didn't see anything wrong and so he continued to to do what he was doing Um, instead of a very, what I would find brotherly and love, you know, it's, it's, it's like all those verses in the Bible that talk about beware the kisses of a friend, you know, you really want the friends around who will tell you, what are you doing? You know, you don't want the people who are just going to lick your boots or or say, I hear what you're saying, and then just go with what you're saying. And so he actually gives credence to the critics who say, it's just about this for them. It's just about what Michael could do for them. So they're covering for him because there's not a balance of the critique that needed, to, you know, that that rebuke in love, you know, that we all need because we're never all right. And we all make mistakes and make miscalculations. You don't see that. And and I'm wondering, where is that in this book? Was any of that in this book for Michael? Was there any critique of what was the, happening in his life? This Because this, this seems like a perfect j- place to insert some critique. N- no, this book was not in any way, shape, or form of rebuke of anything that Michael has ever done in his life. This book, and this book was released in 2012. Uh, It was published in September of 2011. It was released in 2012. This book is very much so, and I wrote it down um, as one of the, the themes of the book, to explain. Jermaine is trying to explain away and debunk any myth that he feels like was ever said about Michael, any lie he feels like was ever okay. said about Michael. Well, let me ask you this: y'all both read this, so I want to know both of y'all's thought. Did he try to make Michael perfect and without fault? He, I don't think. Yes he tried or no? To make- I mean, yes or no? If you had to balance it out and say more yes or more no, which one is it? Yes or no? Yeah. What do you think, too? Do you mean in Michael's whole life or in the later half? in in his, in in the his entire book right? in his book yeah in in what he's saying in the book do you think he tried to make michael without fault or tried to balance out michael's good and bad you know the humanity of him or do you think he really tried to wash away any fault for michael mm.
1: um i don't know if he washed it away because he really doesn't give us the kind of introspective detail that you would need for that it's very much a chronological retelling of events Mm -hmm. like this is what happened and here's what Mm -hmm. i was doing and i was here and then i was there
2: and and a lot of events he wasn't even there for he's retelling some he's secondhand telling stuff but and so that that, i mean honestly the question that you asked is not really yes or no question because he He's trying to to humanize Michael, I think, in a way that he feels that the media has kind of demonized Michael. Like mm. He's trying to go back and undo that. And he's trying to tell the things that he heard from Catherine or he heard from other family members. Because you got to remember, a lot of these years, he and Michael weren't talking. So That's what he, I'm saying. So are, he are heard Michael's, from other people. Are, he, he, he said he made a mistake. And the book wasn't really about him. And any of this, could he point out some of Michael's mistakes? Yeah, that's my question. Did he do that?
1: Yeah, he he talked about him and why it made him so mad. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I mean, no, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Michael's mistakes. We're talking about Michael is the oh, most of no. this book. So that that's that's the part that I'm gonna have a problem with with the book. That to me is going to make the book not believable as a whole even if our parts i can find believable you're not gonna write this book about your brother it's just like if i wrote a book about my sister she wrote a book about me (laughs) if you make me perfect i'm saying bitch you lying but i appreciate you you know um you can give the people the real deal but you know the real deal is some and you know this man even the intervening years where you all weren't tight you know this man because your mama was definitely telling you to tea but that's what his point is i think the
1: point Or his biggest contention with Michael is that there was a huge communication gap that nobody could close at a certain point. And the only thing that forced it closed was the threat of jail time. And Mm -hmm. then that gap extended again. And it's one of those things where I can't protect you from a distance. But if I get too close, you say I get on your nerves. And Michael didn't know or didn't have the tools to properly balance or create boundaries with his family, and so he kind of would just like cling to them and then run from them.
2: Did and, his book humanize Michael? Um, yeah, I think it did a good I job think, of yeah.
1: humanizing him. Okay, yeah, I it think made it him did. really normal.
2: And he and he talks a lot about, but it wasn't a hundred percent. It wasn't multifaceted of Michael. It was. It didn't give you the good, the bad, the no. Ugly he talks a lot about okay. Michael the younger brother. This is my brother I loved him. It doesn't matter what we did, I loved him. This is this is this book is very much in backlash to Michael's death. You know, that yeah. honeymoon period after somebody dies where you remember all the that all, all the, the good, good stuff. stuff. Mm-hmm. This is that's what this book is and I think that if if Jermaine would sit down today and be really honest and rewrite all of these pages, he would say, you know what? Michael michael didn't do this and michael michael should have been more this and michael should have done this better or michael should have told them children that they can't sleep in his house and have milk and cookies like he you know what i mean like i think that mm. and and inserting more honest now inserting those flaws is what makes all of us human and it's what makes all of us more relatable right if you only show people my good They don't know who I am because I definitely, it's like me and Ashley were talking about today. I was like, well, I can go to therapy and I want them to definitely unpack some of the bad in me, but I'm going to repack some of that because it's a part of me. It's authentic. You know, it's just so long as it's not so harmful to other people. It's just who I am. I'm not going to be perfect. Right. I have these tendencies to do this or that or the third. And it sounds like he did reveal some of Michael's tendencies, which was a lack of communication a lack of staying, you know, tightly wound with his family for whatever reasons, whether they were valid or not, he lacked that and he only chose to do that with maybe his mom and, you know, whatever. But to present him as faultless is a terrible strategy. or oh, you, you know what I mean? Um, he, I don't think he, but see, I don't think he presented him as faultless. In this book, he is trying to explain Michael's actions which he can't do either right because he, he doesn't do know, you know but he he's that. that's most of the book is not saying oh michael was right for this right he said oh yeah michael was on dimmer but to say he's a junkie is not fair because he had this pain from this and he had pain from this and right. he stopped doing drugs at this time mm-hmm. and so he you know what i mean and like, those are the parts that we really needed to have more clarification on. how did he talk about the baby dangling Oh Jesus! I have Lord. Because I got to it me, marked. that's gonna be the 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 the. If you can't shoot that uh, between the eyes, I don't know. Here what it is. I've marked it, baby dangle gate.
1: What page is
2: it? <laughs> it's on page three sixty four. That's what I I labeled it, baby dangle gate. <laughs> baby he
1: said no Blank- if we pointed this out this book is over 400 pages it's No, y'all, didn't talk y'all did it's say it was very a lot of, wordy. Words, wordy. of words it's lots wordy. of words
2: yeah okay what did he say about the baby so michael said blanket became unintentionally famous at the age of nine months old when michael stood at his hotel balcony in berlin germany germany with the sheet over the baby's head holding him momentarily over the balcony's top rail he was in and out of those double doors in less than five seconds flat and was supposed to be and it was supposed to be a moment of playfulness but then came the condemnation dangling to hang loosely as to be able to swing freely according to the dictionary was the word everyone used making it sound like the poor kid was hanging on for dear life from a fraying rope when the truth is that Michael always had the firmest grip on the baby with one arm tight to his chest under his chin and the other holding the sheet to his head. I'm not saying that, <laughs> that what he did <laughs> I'm not saying that what he did with blanket wasn't foolish because it was. He knew it was, but the whole episode was blown out of proportion with talk of child protection services and Berlin pol- pol- police interviewing him for child neglect.
1: Michael was wild <laughs> Jermaine told a story about how Michael forgot Blanket
2: Oh god that was so funny I died I said how oh, you forget your whole child He got Paris and Prince in the damn car Headed up the road And he, come, he comes back Because he left Blanket's ass sitting in the yard Like what the hell oh, You forgot you blanket. had three now
1: Michael <laughs> He forgot a whole <laughs>
2: baby.
1: <laughs> yeah, Michael was fucking wild, bro. But
2: I was it, doing something it, out of innocence. He well,
1: forgot. This is, another, this is another example of Jermaine just giving us chronological details when he knew when he knows what happened, he tells us, but he's not digging too deeply into the
2: psychology of the decision making at all. Like, did he talk that, about the conception of blanket? Like, who the mama is, who the baby mama? Is? <laughs> did he talk about that? Uh, I believe he does say something about. Oh, um, uh, he said Michael wanted more children, so blanket came along as a result of artificial insemination with an anonymous surrogate mother. Nobody knows who she is, not even the family.
1: So what Jermaine does well is read the Michael Jackson talking points to a T. And it would have served Michael well to just email Jermaine directly the talking <laughs> points for the day because he was going to go on Larry King Live regardless mm-hmm. and talk for 30 minutes to an hour. So why not just send him the talking points? But Jermaine got it. And this was a point where he was constantly in the media defending his brother. Anytime he did something, Jermaine's going to pop up on TV. Jermaine was on TV that night defending Michael
2: for dangling that fucking baby
1: outside the <laughs> window. Like,
2: and Jermaine also got a check for that. So, I mean, we don't want to we don't want to act like it didn't pay to go defend him because, "Oh, we got Jermaine Jackson on the line. Jermaine, how much is this interview?" It's 10k, baby. <laughs> Baby, and you need to—he's uh, uh, direct proximity because he's a brother. Even if direct proximity doesn't mean you actually talk to him, you have the biological proximity. So, yeah, you better have that Mumbai city money. <laughs> <laughs> That's my jam. You know, That's my jam. Man. And I'm saying you got to pay for every interview, but interviews are not free uh so there's that so I mean I mean I'm just I'm just wondering how he I didn't read it so I'm just wondering it almost sounds like there was a lot of like again so I'm glad he actually said hey this was a crazy choice Michael made right um he lost the argument when he defined the word dangling from the dictionary. He read it, honey, um, from the dictionary. But because we all know colloquially and visually what we saw. And dangling seems the most appropriate word. <laughs> that poor baby's <laughs> little feet with just that hands baby's little, He had no <laughs> son. Nothing. He was that he poor was baby. baby. If he and Michael had dropped him, he was gonna hit that ground his no them fans would have oh, called him don't they worry about called it him. they would have <laughs> run over him. they would have killed themselves but to catch he, their baby think of what he said he had that blanket tight on his head so the baby suffocating what's happening And happen his here? arm tight across his chest it's almost honestly the exact same words that michael used in the Bashir interview right i had him strong and tight he almost uses the exact same words that michael used free
1: me from oppression <laughs> Can we fast forward? Because I just heard "Summertime Feeling" for the first time, and it Isn't it good. Oh my god,
2: it's yeah. Good, right? my so phone. we're gonna we're gonna jump ahead. So 2005, Michael Jackson's trial. We all know that he was acquitted in 2006, and three short years later, in 2009, Michael Jackson passed away in Los Angeles, California. Jermaine Jackson was the person at the hospital to announce to the world that Michael Jackson was no longer here and he had passed on into eternity and into immortality. Um, This part of the book, I will say, I actually shed a tear with him talking about his mom and how she reacted to finding out that Michael had passed away. And I don't really want to go into it too deeply because it's really sad. If you haven't read it, maybe just look up that part of the book. But um, Jermaine for the final time in his life, was able to be a big brother to to Michael. Um, He let the world know that he wasn't here. He also uh, was so gracefully saying smile at uh, the memorial service at the Staples Center. Um, And he participated in the the Jackson's reality show later in that year um, that we have unpacked in a previous episode. Jackson family dynasty. <laughs> Jackson family dynasty. Well, let's talk about um, what Jermaine's doing now. Let's talk about where he is today. He's he's um
1: probably washing his hands in the pandemic. <laughs> Jermaine's oh, talking yeah. about the vaccine.
2: All those Jacksons oh, yeah, yeah, are like germaphobes, all of them. Yeah, he's probably doing all of that, but he's 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 still creating. He's still making music. He's still releasing very good content. Like I said, I think the stuff that's coming out now is is better than some of the stuff from the 80s or what what you would consider his prime. He's still creating. He's still doing his thing. He's keeping the family legacy alive. It's also flowing through his children um, who are embarking on careers and are super talented. And i just like what he's doing today he seems to be more comfortable in his own skin today and that book seems to maybe reflect that um that he's more comfortable today
1: this book doesn't reflect that to me i think he needs to write let's get serious the jermaine jackson story the autobiography of the man the myth the legend and don't i don't care what michael was doing
2: I mean you don't think he's comfortable with himself today Yeah,
1: but that's not exactly reflected in this book
2: so you don't think he even goes into like you know I'm in a good place'm i I'm enjoying my life. Well I mean like you said the book is not from his you know it's what is it called Michael uh, through a brother uh, my brother's keeper or whatever um I think it's a grief it's
1: a place of grief that he shares. Um, at this point so like user 1.5 is saying I think this was kind of like his opportunity to unload another missed opportunity to go to a therapist and they took it into a book Um,
2: It's again it's monetized and we have to stop you know that family just monetizing every area of your life is not a good idea
1: well it's okay but also like what Jermaine didn't know at that point was you need to pair this with some self-help
2: um, uh-huh.
1: some ver- some work some internal work and probably with a professional like all of us do so that you yeah. can work through the grief piece because it's really heavy to have to make that announcement um, whether your brother is the king of pop or not so
2: yeah I'm just seeing in my mind's eye his face when he had to do you know when he did it oh yeah heartbreaking and so yeah now you have to he just, you know, he took a deep breath, and I mean, just it was just, it was, it was bad, you know. What I mean, if it was bad for us, you know, for fans, it was. I mean, it was. I had to turn my phone off. People were calling me so much. I had to just turn my phone off because it was so. De- I mean, it was just heartbreaking, devastating. So you can only imagine how much more so for his mom, his his uh children who saw it. His brothers and sisters who knew that this day was very real and could happen. And then it did happen, you know, and then that really sucks. And then to be the one to have to go out here and be strong enough to make the announcement there, there, there's a strength there that not everyone had in that moment. And he did, and he did it with dignity. So we we, listen, we love Jermaine um, and we would love to talk to him if he ever wants to come on our show and he can tell us like, you know what? Who the user one is you. You know what? I don't like some things you said about me. I'm, Just I'm don't happy. ask him about his hair, please. I'm happy to hear it. I don't. I have I nothing to say. It be- it's nice and neat, no. as I have okay. always said. Let's be
1: clear. I am going to ask Jermaine one question about his hair. Okay. What kind of scarf
2: does he use? <laughs> that's all. That's all you want to know. We that, no, never. The, scarf. the truth is that we've never said anything bad about his hair. We've always said it. I've always said it's nice and neat. It is. And it all it, it's always together in a way I cannot say about Michael's. Michael's was not yeah, always. Yeah, no, together. it is. There was sometimes true. I think Michael's wig was on backwards. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Michael just <laughs> that oh wig. Went- <laughs> they just <laughs> y'all had got Michael mm-hmm. flipping in that listen, solid gold casket. Jesus Christ! What?
1: That man did not
2: take a brush to all his it. Listen, all them wigs did not, them not get the back. same attention. he throw a hat on sometimes and he didn't need to brush it listen but jermaine's hair is always always in place every single strand so i'm not even you might not like the way it looks or whatever if like people not liking the way it looks is one thing but to say it ain't nice and neat that's a lie because it is but so jermaine definitely come hang out with us man like well we'll cut whatever you don't want us to 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 air but we're gonna ask you some stuff but anyway um so here we are we're at. We're nearing the end of this this thing um, we we we've enjoyed some of the newer tracks from Jermaine. Artistically, he has definitely had um, his freedom to create these different songs. You guys listened to Summertime Feeling, which was released in 2015. I mean, what y'all feel? Y'all like that? I thought it was cool. I
1: liked it.
2: It's really I like it. Are we gonna outro on that? It's right in his element. But I'm still my my favorite latest Jermaine track is still Let's Go to Mumbai City.
1: Wanna close it out with
2: that? I love that. Close track. it out with something. I don't know that we need to go to Mumbai City. We're I, like, the Mumbai su- City. I we're like Mumbai City. I, I like I think you need to splice it. I think summertime feeling is definitely a bop. We need a, a nice little up tempo bop. Mumbai does it for me.
1: But it's gonna be you know. Mumbai because I played summertime feeling while we were talking about it. But right now we're in
2: Mumbai City. y'all always make the wrong choice, but let that ride. That's not a good song. Well, it's It's not his song. He's just just on the track. It's just catchy, but it's actually, this has been a wonderful discussion with Jer talking about Jermaine Jackson. Jermaine Jackson is really an unsung hero in the Jackson family. He is an incredible artist. Um, older brother to michael and honestly i think he's he's a pretty big anchor in the jackson family he's got his hand in everything and um, any final words for the listeners about jermaine jackson user one jermaine you're the man come on our show man we want to talk we, we you owe us at least a couple of minutes because we bought tickets to a show that we thought you would be it so Like, I'm not trying to, like, strong-arm you or nothing like that, but, like, we definitely could talk about some things. But we love you, bro. Like, come on now. Tell me I'm not dreaming. Come on on the show so I can say that. Tell me I'm not dreaming. We have got Jermaine Jackson on the line. I want to say that. User 2, any last words for our listeners about the Jermaine Lawan? Jermaine, I love you
1: uh let's get serious and honestly thank you for being the big brother that you are and we appreciate it every time you go on somebody's live cable news Uh, so we hope to see you after the pandemic
2: (laughs) well said well said jermaine Thank you for letting us get serious. Listeners, thank you for letting us get serious. We are going to head on to Mumbai City. We'll talk to you guys next time. This America, Jack. <laughs> <laughs>